This episode of the Local Hustlers podcast is brought to you by Audible. If you're listening to this podcast right now, then I'm going to assume that you would also enjoy listening to audiobooks. Whether you're interested in business, history, comedy, science fiction, or romance, Audible has thousands of titles for you to choose from. We want you to try out Audible for free, so if you head to our link, you'll get a 30-day free trial and a free book. So go to audibletrial.com slash local hustlers podcast to redeem your trial today. Again, that's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial.com slash local hustlers podcast. You're listening to the Local Hustlers Podcast, East Valley Locals. Get connected with small businesses near you and dive deep into their stories, mindset, and motives. Entrepreneurs everywhere. Get ready to be inspired by business owners, entrepreneurs, and hustlers that you can relate to and learn from. And now, your hosts, Dallin Huso and Ridge Waldberg. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Local Hustlers podcast. This week, we're super excited to be here with David Neverett of Moneta Design. How's it going, David? Thank you. Good, good. Yeah, I'm really excited to be on the best podcast in the valley. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Am I still getting paid to say that? Or? Right. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll throw you the cash after the episode. Uh, no, but yeah, really excited. Uh, all jokes aside, yeah. Um, this is my first podcast, mm-hmm. so I'm really happy to promote this business that I have. Um yeah awesome okay well yeah before we jump into the business why don't you take a couple of minutes and give us a little bit of a background on your life yeah um so this business i have it's a it's a videography company Mm -hmm. uh specializes in video marketing um but it's not what i wanted to do when i started out you know i first i wanted to be in the military because my dad's in the military okay so he's a military man and then um I had asthma, back injuries, and all these things when I started to enlist, and they said, nope, you can't be in the military, and it, it just crushed me, right? So then um, I switched you know, gears, and I said, what, what, what else do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to you know, provide for my country and just help. Yeah. Just, I'm a very nurturing type of person. So I said, how about I become a doctor? You know, I, I want to get, I want to receive whatever my dad did for me, because he, he was able to... Uh, build from nothing he came mm-hmm. from mexico he just came over here f- with nothing but he didn't even know how to speak english and uh now he's like a colonel in the military wow so he, he's just a hustler like living he, the american dream yeah <laughs> so i want to be able to get you know receive whatever my dad gave to me and build upon that so i said okay a doctor is fine i'll be a doctor and then um got through pre-med finished my bachelor's with the biology you know on my way to take my mcat and um, I was thinking after all the clinicals that I did with uh, all these doctors and spine surgeons and stuff, I said, you know what? The industry isn't really what I thought it was. It's more about insurance and it's not really about helping people. Like, I'm, I'm going to be crushed if I have to tell someone, sorry, I can't help you today. Like, you know, you don't have, you know, your insurance isn't going to pay for it. Do you want to pay all this money or do you want to stay sick? Like, I, I didn't know if I wanted to go through that. So... Um, on my way to take my MCAT, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking either, uh, do I keep going on this route? I'm already in so much debt yeah. and be unhappy or try, try to pursue something that I'm a little more happy about. So needless to say, I, I didn't do good on the MCAT just cause I was thinking of so many things <laughs> in my head. And, uh, I just, I just decided to open up my business and say, okay, I'm going to start filmmaking. I have a passion for it. So I'm going to pursue that. Wow. That's a great story. Love how you listen to your inner voice. Yeah, and, and and I gotta say, it was one of the hardest things because I I was already so invested. Yeah, like 
you know, almost $40,000 in debt and I'm still, I still am for, um, the pre-med. So all that stuff and all these people counting on me, you know, kind of, you know, cheering me on to be a Dr. Dave. Yeah. 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 And they, they called me Dr. Dave. Yeah. Um, and so immediately when I said, do I still want to do this? I thought of all the people I would potentially feel like I was letting down, especially my parents. Cause they, you know, supported me say, Hey, okay, you're going to reach for this goal. I'll support you. I'll help you out. And uh, halfway into pre-med, uh, my girlfriend got pregnant and then we had to get married and all that stuff. So I had a family to think about. So should I pursue a, a career in like, you know, something that's not uh, promised or something that's a little more secure for the family? So just so much stress on my head. Yeah. And, and I'm a pretty good student. I got uh, before my son was born and I'm not blaming my son at all, <laughs> but I had a I had a 4.0 and. When at, when I graduated, I graduated with a, a five point six, uh, a three point six. So I'm a pretty good student. I felt like I was gonna do, uh, I was gonna be a badass in the MCAT, and um, no, with all those thoughts, all that pressure, I just, I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't. Yeah. So a couple things there. Uh, a lot of people don't have the the inner courage to walk away from sunk costs, and I, you know, I admire you that you're able to. Say, hey, I've invested four years and forty grand, and this is not what I'm called to do. I'm I'm doing something different. Uh, the other thing that jumped out to me is, you know, you you obviously have deep regard, respect for your parents. They've, uh, you know, given you this life and and all these opportunities and the expectations that they had to be Dr. David. Yeah. Uh, what were those conversations like when you said, hey, I'm I'm not going to medical school and I'm I'm going to be a videographer. Uh. For the first few conversations, they were non-existent. I would bring it up, maybe as a joke or maybe this, and they, they would be like, okay, that's nice. So uh, how's, uh, how's studying going? How's this? <laughs> I'm like, dang, you're not making this easy for me. And then slowly I would start investing more time in, in, in getting gear and getting all this camera equipment. And they'd be like, oh, that's a nice hobby. My son has a hobby. That's cool. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not. And, and to be honest, it wasn't until recently this year when they started saying, okay, well, we, we, we believe in you now. That took five years hmm. of them like finally saying, okay, it's not a hobby. It, it, it might be something. But for the longest time, they, they just, I mean, I can imagine you thinking your son's going to be a doctor. And that's like a really high title for, you know, for sure, very yeah. proud. Um, but I told them, I said, look, I, I don't know where I'm going to go with this. I might flop, but I'm still going to be consistent with it. And if I, just you know just know that i'm happy yeah yeah were they supportive of that like when you made the decision to to leave medical school and you know talking about this is what made you happy was that something that at that point they were supportive of or were they still kind of hesitant trying to talk you into staying um they they were they're very um loving parents so they they always want to support but their their way of thinking so that my family doesn't come from like a background of business or entrepreneurship or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So they know security, they know, you know, what, you know, benefits and all that stuff. So they thought that I was just going to be on the streets, especially with the family. They're like, <laughs> we do not want you to go down that route. That's too, that's too risky. Yeah. Um, but luckily now in our day and age, we have like everything at the hand is like at the palm of our hand. So I could do as much research and know as much as the other guy next to me who was a successful entrepreneur. And um, I just had to make sure that I had that vision in my head and I didn't let go of that. So 
without them kind of like not with them saying, okay, go ahead, do it. We're not going to like throw you out or do anything like that. Um, they weren't really like thinking that I was, this is going to be something for my son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. You bring up the, the value of the smartphone and that you have the whole world at your fingertips, right? Yes. Uh, what used to only be housed in university libraries and, and college uh, classrooms now is at, at our fingertips. Talk to us a little bit about that process of self-teaching uh, because you didn't have parents that were entrepreneurs. It was a new world, obviously, mm-hmm. for you. Um, who were, Talk to us just that process of, of learning the business world. Yeah, so the first, um, and before I say that, I'm going to give a little more um, details on so it makes sense. Um, to please them, I had to take a second job and uh, I actually took three jobs while wow. running my business. Uh, just so they can say, okay, he's working, providing for his family. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a server. I was a, a sprint seller, like door to door. And that helped me a lot in business sales. And I was a UPS. And I still work at UPS for the benefits, just so they know, hey, um, my family's t- being taken care of. They have benefits, really great benefits too. Um, so uh, back to your question, it was more of... Um, just asking around saying, Hey, this is what I want to do. I don't know how to get there, but I, I'm very curious by nature. I want to know who, who's there, who's getting there and how are they doing it? And I, I, I asked the most simplest questions like, how did you even get to know this information or how'd you do that? And then slowly they would start introducing me to Robert Kiyosaki. They would start introducing me to, uh, you know, those people on shark tank and all these, you know, gurus and, um, I'm a very uh, curious person, and I'm I have a very good memory, and and one of the reasons why I'm really good at film is because I have a very um, uh, my imagination is so vivid, so I can close my eyes, uh, and I can see the whole world just how it is with my eyes open, and and at first I didn't think anything of it, you know, as a child I was like, oh I can play I can play a whole universe in my head and play with my toys, and it was just <laughs> amazing I can create worlds. <laughs> Um, but as I grew up, I, I noticed other kids weren't just, you know, they were kind of more simple where I was like, oh, no, there's more stuff coming in the story that we're playing. Like, and um, so I translated that to my learning. So I, I have dyslexia. I have some learning disabilities, but I was able to uh, almost photocopy the notes and all that stuff in my head with images. So I didn't take regular uh, notes. I was able to take um drawings and then relate it back to what the, the curriculum is so with that skill i used it to learn all about entrepreneurship and and how to you know speed up the process of learning all that stuff so super cool um and going back to this decision that you made to to leave you know college and, and go and jump into the entrepreneurial world um you mentioned that your family didn't have any sort of history with with that sort of stuff so I guess what helped you to make that decision or to even, you know, have the idea that, Hey, I want to look, look at entrepreneurship and, and see that as an option. Did you have someone else kind of talking to you, giving you advice or, or yet, yeah, where'd you come up with the, the thought process for that? Man, I wish I could remember names. Um, cause I would love to just name drop them cause they're, they're working at UPS right now. Um, there was this one guy who, 
who very ambitious, but he wasn't really good at executing. Mm-hmm. And I told him, hey, I want to start a business and stuff. And he's like, oh, I'm the one to talk to, like all this stuff. <laughs> and um, he's like, I have all this books. This is how you st- got to start thinking. Um, and it, it was scary because I, I thought, no, that doesn't make sense. Just like, you know, you think investments and liabilities, like, you know, like, it didn't make sense to someone who doesn't even know right, anything. Right. And, and my parents don't save money. They just like, I'll teach you how to make more money by spending your time. Mm-hmm. But this guy, he, man, I wish I could just thank him right now. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully yeah, maybe he'll yeah. listen. Yeah, if, if it, I know, David, UPS, yeah. UPS, we were working up top and you told me to read these books. I hope you're listening. Um, but yeah, so um, it was him and just a, a matter of like um, taking that risk. Like a lot of people are afraid of failure. Yeah. Uh, as a as a scientist, because I still consider myself a scientist, even with uh, film, um, I do scientific method, uh, and I, I I was a scientist since I was born, I think, because I when I was younger in third grade, I remember taking apart a computer and I built a um, a radio, just a small radio where I had to connect it into another computer, and then you you can hear the static, you can, you can pick up the waves. Hmm. Um, so I knew from from early on that I I could use a scientific method to learn anything I needed to. So, um, as a scientist, you, you embrace uh, failure because that's the only way you're going to find the closest to the truth because you never find, you never realize what the truth is. You only get close to it. So I was lucky to know that failure is, is, is necessary. Taking those risks is necessary. Hmm. So you feel like you, you mentioned you feel like you've been a scientist since birth. And so you feel like you've had that relation, that positive relationship with failure since birth, which is something that, you know, most people don't have, especially going through school. You learn that you learn that failure is bad. If you get an F on your test, that's bad. So is that something that you've always had and always been able to understand how failure can actually be a benefit and, and help you actually to succeed in life? Yes, I am the biggest underdog there is, uh, you know, and uh, elementary and middle school and high school just a cd student i i tried and and it's not lack of trying i tried so hard i was up every night and i just didn't know how to how i learned you know with dyslexia and all that stuff not being able to remember i i I really tried and um uh i i thank my dad for giving me that um that direction of like not giving up and just you keep trying you be consistent and you'll get there no matter what challenges come and um the only thing that i think was missing is learning not learning a certain way and being able, being open to different things. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. there's different tactics to approach different things. Um, so back to your question, your question was that just, yeah. If it's, if that's something you've always had that positive relationship with failure. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Do you feel like there's been a, a particular moment or time or event where there's been a failure in your life? Um, you've been able to learn for that. Anything that you, be able to share with the audience yeah um a big one of the biggest ones was um and there's so many but and and here's the thing uh the way i see failure is is not i don't i don't see it as a duality anymore i see it as like just it's like the face of a coin it's it's a coin but you could choose to see the the heads or tails Hmm. and um so uh Seeing it that way, it's hard to pinpoint an exact thing that that uh, kind of really pushes you to do you know greater, like a yeah. failure that really pushes you. Um, but 
if I were to say one for the viewers, uh, I think it was uh, not being able to do the things that you thought you were going to, the things that you thought you were destined to do, like being a doctor, being in the military. Um, those are almost life crushing because you, you feel like you have no purpose now and you don't know what you're going to do. Um, but just just know like there's so many doors that you can open. Um, don't limit yourself and uh, just just make sure that you are doing something that you love because I always tell people um, personally if, if you're doing it for the money like if you're going in this business for the money um, you're not you're not leaving anything except just tangible things that you're you can't you know mm -hmm. um, and if you're doing something if your purpose is larger than just that wealth then you can actually do more than than just you know not being selfish is yeah do more um, one of my things is, uh, like I said, I was a very nurturing person. So the more I can help through my business, the better. Um, everything goes to my family. Everything goes to friends and all that stuff. And if I can build a, a um, you know, like an empire so that people feel safe and people feel like they could, you know, take those next steps into into their dreams, then I, I'm, I, I did what I wanted. Cool. Do you mind diving a bit more into, I guess, your purpose, your passion? If, if it's not money, like what else gets you going? What else drives you to, to get up and, and work hard every day? Yeah, so uh, it's that thing. It's that feeling of knowing that I've, I've helped someone or at least changed someone's life. Mm -hmm. um, because it, in the begin since the beginning, that's all I wanted to do. Uh, I really felt when I was younger, I, my dad was always gone and... Um, I didn't really feel like I had connections with anybody. So I felt like I needed to prove myself in a way that I can help others. And I, since then, I've just always been like that. Um, so uh, if, if my kids, you know, are, are, are able to get what I give them and, and everybody else is, is just happier with me around them, mm -hmm. then, uh, then everything I've done is worth it. Um, that's that's basically how I see it. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. No, I I just want to point out a couple of things, David, that really uh, are going to speak to your current success and your future success. Uh, earlier in the in the podcast, you mentioned this creative mind that you have. Most people with creative minds are like your friend at UPS. They got these brilliant ideas, but they lack the ability to tactically execute on it. Right, and mm -hmm. those ideas stay in their heads, right? Yeah, uh, you have this scientific background which has given you this gift, this relationship with failure that is so positive uh, that enables you to act and pivot, correct, redo, just yeah. like uh, you know, any scientist. And then you also, uh, with you know, the background that you have with the family that you're uh, raised in, the the determination, you know, I, I imagine having a colonel for a father that, that, uh, you know, <laughs> your bed was uh, made pretty nice. And, <laughs> yep, yeah. and, and, and there was just some, some grit that was instilled in you. And, and these three uh, attributes <clears throat> really just speak to me of, of who you are and who you're going to become and the incredible business you're going to build. It's just, puts a smile on my face thank you thank you I, i'm very humbled to hear that i because um 
and, and early on, I knew a lot of people want the fame for themselves and they want to uh, build their brand as themselves mm-hmm. and they want to do that. Uh, from the beginning, I said, I don't want that. I, I'd rather be, you know, just like someone in the in the shadows that creates this. But Moneta Design, the logo, the brand is for everyone to share and everyone can like, you know, have a piece of it. Um, so, and I'm starting to see the benefits in that. I'm starting to see like, uh, for example, one of the examples, I don't know if this is uh, this is going to happen, but like, so, like, let's say Tony Robbins, right? He built his brand on his name and himself. Right. And then some people go to him and say, "Hey, I, I thought I was, I thought I was coming to see Tony Robbins. I'm seeing like his, you know, some of his other people. I don't even know these people." Um, and I feel like with maybe my business, when they hire me, they're gonna not necessarily think, "Oh, I thought I was gonna pick David." No, you're getting Monet Design, you know, elegance and, and just professionalism all the way straight through. So I think that's one of the smart decisions I made early on yeah. that I. I'm grateful for. Yeah. Talk to us about the name. Uh, what are uh, the origins of that? You know, what's the uh, just yeah? Talk to us about the origins of it and and, and your vision of that name. Okay. Uh, as you'll see, everything I do is is uh, with purpose. Like I'm very detail oriented, and uh, my films are very detail oriented as well. So the name is no different. Moneta is the Roman goddess of memories. Um, so every memory, every image we capture is a memory captured in time and design is uh, Romanian for within self. So art is created through oneself and projected out. Uh, so that's how the name came to be and design, design in English. It sounds like design, right. like, yeah, it's a full of play on words with yep. the English. Hmm. Yeah. Did that come take a long time to come up with, or was that just like off the spot? And, and you know, I hear that sometimes these brilliant ideas just come to you just hit you like a train and that's what happened to me really i was sitting there with my wife early on when we when i was still going to uh pre-med and uh i said hey what would be a cool name for um for like a i don't know like a creative agency or something yeah. i didn't know i was gonna go into film exactly but and she, you know she's like i don't know she's watching her show and i was like <laughs> well i'm really I have a really good memory i don't know memories are like you know images are really just memories that you know are are permanent Uh so I started looking up different uh, things for memory and then I found the Roman goddess and I was like that's it yeah but a lot of people did not like the name really yeah a lot of people like nah it's not gonna be catchy it's Uh not gonna be this I was like I don't know Nike and all that stuff like what's so catchy about that (laughs) you make it catchy for sure yeah. yeah yeah And have you seen some positive reactions from the the name? Since for the you, name, yeah. Um, not I wouldn't say positive, but it's catching on. People are like, um, "Oh, I expect Moneta design quality," you know, like you know, from top to bottom, it's uh-huh. like all pristine. Like, yeah. I, they, so the name is getting kind of like that associated with like, um, you know, professionalism. Yeah, like it just, has that sort of pristine professional yeah. feel to it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, what what were some of the other things you know we talked about obviously coming up with the name what are some other things that you some steps you took in terms of getting started and getting ready towards launching this business well having nobody to guide me and not a single person to tell me like how it's supposed to be done or how it should be done uh, it was just trial and error yeah I, I said okay let's figure out what works um, let's see the brands and stuff like that that I like and, and why they're working for me. And so I just 
it was just a lot of trial and error and a lot of like loss in money and stuff like that. And uh, it wasn't until later where I said, you got to be around people that are doing what you want to do to be successful. And in my circle, I, I, there was like multiple circles of me trying to get to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it took a while for me to like find mentors and do all that stuff. But my mentor was failure. And, and that's how I learned how to handle a camera too. And with my scientific background, I could understand a little more about focal lengths and, and lighting and, you know, all that magic stuff that goes into filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Have you now been able to surround yourself with, with more like-minded people? And if so, like, what would you say to someone who was in the position that you were in a couple of years ago? Like, how do you find those people to surround yourself with? Yeah, so I am definitely in that circle now, and I'm so grateful. It th- That's the game-changing thing. You 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 are what you think, what you're surrounded mm-hmm. by. And um, if you are surrounded by, you know, people who you don't want to be, you know, you don't have to leave them. You don't, you, you, if it's your family, like you don't have to leave them, but you can choose to go out and find those people that you want to surround yourself with. Um, I was really hesitant because I thought, you know, those people are out of my league and they won't want to talk to me. I yeah. don't have anything in common with them, but just reach out. And if they don't want to uh, talk to you, one of my f- friends that now works under me, um, he said that what he did is um, he, followed this photographer that was well known and messaged him every day and he got so annoyed by my friend and he said dude why why are you around me and he's like no no no, i'm not i just have a photo shoot and we just happen to be right next to each other like same spot and he's like all right and that kept happening he's like you gotta stop well how do you know where i'm at how do you know and he's like no i swear we're just taking pictures so he got to the point where it's obviously annoying (laughs) and uh you know, he called him up. He called my friend up and said, hey, uh, so I see you're getting better. Um, do you want to come shoot with me on this project? Hmm. He's like, yeah. He gave it his all, and now he's making, I don't know, a lot of money just off of that. And really? He, yeah, he was he was just consistent enough to just keep going. That's you super know. cool. I like so that. Anyone who's, awesome. Yeah, anyone who's in that position, you know, just give it your all, and don't, don't be afraid to be rejected. Like, just do it. Just be insane. Yeah, be insane with it. Because I think I think consistency is the key. Yeah, you could. Um, and I think I heard from Gary V. He said like quality or or like a substance versus quantity. Uh, the quality is is uh, sub- subjective. So even though you try your best, some people aren't gonna like some people. But no one can deny how much you are doing and how consistent you are. Hmm. I, that's how I see it. I like that. That's super interesting. Yeah. Um. At what point did you know that videography was the route you wanted to take? Because you knew you wanted to do something creative, being able to, you know, tell a story. Mm-hmm. How did you, you know, decide firmly on videography? Um, it was a tough decision, and, and uh, I wasn't sure if I was cut out to be. So I'm a film director, and that's my title. But, you know, I handled the creative director mm-hmm. of the business. But um, I kind of researched every little facet of, of filmmaking and um, no one was sticking. I didn't want to be a camera operator. I didn't want to be a lighting person. I didn't want to be an editor. I don't like editing, but um, uh, I'm really good at it though. And uh, <laughs> um, and then I found a director and I saw that they're, you know, one-on-one with people. They're very connective. They, mm-hmm. they're, uh, they're able to be leaders and, and rally everyone together and keep them engaged and keep them, um, doing that and I just look back in all my qualities from childhood to now 
some of the ones that stayed persistent. And I said, those match up the closest. And it took like, it took probably like three, three and a half years for me to realize, okay, yeah, I am a director. That's what I do. Um, and uh, at first, I was doing a lot of photography because no one wanted to pay me for video. Like, oh, we don't need a video. Uh, but I do need headshots or I do need like family photos. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, I guess this is where my money's coming. But the ability to tell a story in a visual format is, is, is magic to me. Uh, I, I'm a big storyteller. I, you know, I've always told stories around campfires or family events. I just love to tell stories. And my little playing with toys when I was younger, I'd tell a huge story. Um, so the fact that I was able to tell a story instead of just taking one frame picture, that's what led me to filmmaking. That's cool. Um, yeah, I was going to ask because, you know, if you scroll further down in your, your Instagram feed, it's a lot of photography. So I was going to ask if, if you first tried to go into photography, but it sounds more like that was just kind of your Force. your way in yeah. and you knew that you wanted to do videography in the end, but that was kind of your way into the industry to kind of weave your way around and, and eventually build up to videography. Yes. That's yeah. cool. And I, I know you do an emphasis as well on, on not only you know videos and, and being a film director for people, but you kind of emphasize on on helping small businesses and creating these videos for businesses. Um, what made you decide to take that route rather than you know weddings or events or, or any other type of video? Weddings is is a handful. I bridezilla and it's just a lot and you gotta this a reason why they call them wedding warriors because they are strapped up like the military and they're ready to go for any little for murphy's law but um uh so the main thing that's driving me towards businesses because one of my end goals is to shoot my movies make movies that will inspire people and help people and and just entertain people in general um but one of the reasons why I'm mostly doing um, business is because that's where the income is at and that's where I need to start focusing for my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, if I can raise, like if I can build an empire and help people in my circle and around me, and if it's through commercials, then that's what I'm going to do. Because the, my, my passion is not the, the commercials or the, the stuff. My true passion is trying to help those around me. Yeah. Yeah building business is great. Do you spend more time cleaning your pool than you spend swimming in it? Then call Flamingo Pools today. Flamingo Pools is your go-to swimming pool maintenance and repair company in the East Valley. Whether it's weekly maintenance, repairs, green to cleans, or one-time cleanings, Flamingo Pools will take care of you. Honest, reliable, and innovative. Just a few of the many good things Flamingo Pools customers have to say about them. Ask them about their mineral treatment which will keep your chemical levels down, allowing you to have a healthier bathing experience. At Flamingo Pools, they know that your pool was made to be enjoyed, so let them handle the rest. Check them out at azflamingopools.com or give them a call at 480-422-6013. Mention this podcast and you'll get your first month of maintenance completely free. That's azflamingopools.com and 480-422-6013. What is the importance, because you mentioned a bit about, you know, how important video is for, for a business or for anyone to just tell their story. Why is that so important to be able to express, you know, your business or your story through video? So the number one thing that I think is the most important, and I think this is going to just last, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be timeless from the dawn of like 
man to to the future is storytelling. That's one thing that's stayed persistent. That's one thing that we've evolved through. Um, so any type of storytelling is, is, is key. And we're in, in an age where we're able to watch stuff. And the way that filmmakers are able to craft the visual and the sound, because videography and film is one part video, one part audio. Yeah. Um, the way they're able to manipulate an audience to make you feel a certain feel is is it's almost like a power so um you know sleeping on that for your business is is just uh it's sad you 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 have to see the potential in video for your business um to be able to just send out a video out there to potential clients and with a skilled you know film director or a producer um they can get those audience to feel what you want them to feel and click through and, and you know purchase whatever you want them and uh if it's you got to be careful because it's i don't know if it's like a new type of service that's out there that a lot of people don't understand but i've seen that there's videographers out there that go they promise all this stuff show up just record but no nothing that involves like pre-production production post-production they show up they record whatever you want them to record and that's it there's no nothing goes after that it's nothing um what we do is we plan what do you want what's your goal and how am i gonna manipulate the audience to you know for your goal so there's uh and i'll say it here on the podcast so anyone's listening uh to take this home there's like eight steps to a good commercial first one and most important one is attention grabbing you grab their attention something crazy whatever you want the second one is to um, identify a problem. So you identify a problem, you agitate that problem, which is the third one. Um, what could go wrong if it goes unchecked? The fourth one is to find that solution. The fifth one is to introduce the product that or service that you have that solves that problem. And then the sixth one is to show the benefits of your product. And then lastly, a call to action. Tell them what to do. If you suffer from this, click here. To yeah. And that, that's our eight steps or mm-hmm. seven steps. Yeah. That's interesting. So is that, can that be difficult to squeeze all that into a, into a commercial, whether it's, you know, 30 minutes, a minute, it's, do you feel like it's crammed or is there a way that you're able to kind of make that natural and make that kind of flow? Yeah. So you, you would think it's hard. But the way you can piece things together, I've made short films that lasted a minute and they tell a whole story in one minute. So the way you can tell a story is uh, you can tell a story. So every story has a beginning, middle and end. You can tell a story in 15 seconds. And, and often and with our attention spans now with our social media, right, right. it's going down That's and down and down. I think now all we have is like seven seconds before we start <laughs> exactly. swiping. Um, so those f- first three seconds, so anyone who's making a commercial, three seconds is what you have to capture an audience. That's your attention grabbing. And so your attention grabbing is three seconds. You can imagine how much other seconds those other pieces, those yeah. eight, seven pieces have. Yeah. What do you try to do within those first few seconds to try to grab people's attention? Any tips or tricks that you've come um, up with? Be outlandish. You could be outlandish. You could be, um, uh, I think something that's played out is asking a question. So like, uh, do you this, this, like the, I think that's played out, but, um, you can have a crazy visual, someone breaking in through a wall. I don't know, something that just says, Oh shoot, what am, what am I, I'm supposed to be watching this. 
Yeah. It's all about being creative and having that creative vision. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, you talked a bit about you know the different stages of production, pre-production and post. Do you mind diving into those the different stages and kind of the importance of yes. each step? Yes, and I think this is something that a lot of people should understand, and, and it's very important yeah. to know if you're hiring a good videographer company. Um, pre-production is the most important part. If, if they're not giving enough attention to pre-production or they flat out don't even have a pre-production, uh, the video is going to fall short. It's it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, pre-productions, how you plan it, how you execute it, all the ins and outs of how the video is going to turn out. This is where we storyboard it, so we don't, so we're prepared for anything that goes wrong. This is where we write the script. This is where we um, come up with the story for to get exactly what you want out of it. Um, and then next is production was one of my favorite parts because i'm directing everything I'm, I'm getting everything together you're seeing everything come out and then the between just for me between production and post-production is the saddest part because <laughs> you think everything's going right you start seeing all your clips together you see mm-hmm. a, a rough draft of your of your commercial your film and it just tears you apart it's not what you expected it's not you know it's for filmmakers out there that want to get into filmmaking it breaks your heart and you got to you got to be prepared for that um but then you start wiggling with it you start adding more sound you start you know you just trust the process and you just you get you have a perfect commercial that's cool do you have a favorite part yeah it's the it's definitely the production side of it Mm -hmm. getting involved with everyone everyone's so excited to be on set and recording everyone feels like a like a, a movie star and stuff like that's the that's the most favorite part yeah do you feel like one of those steps is like the most important? Like if you're if you're needing a video done, like what's the most important thing that you should be looking for and and who's doing the video for you? Yeah, that that's definitely pre-production. If you want someone to to really do it right, mm-hmm. it's pre-production. You you want to make sure that they're actually planning out exactly what you want the outcome to be. Not just showing up and pressing a button, which I know a lot of people think that's what we do too, <laughs> but that's because we have those bad videographers out there. And you know, you got the <laughs> Facebook Live, you know, everybody's a videographer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and I, no, again, like these cameras nowadays are getting better and better. Exactly. Like, I, I'm nothing against, but uh, learning those, those, um, the tools of how to manipulate an audience, that's, that's what you really are paying for. Mm-hmm. You're not paying for, if you come to me and you say, I want the best camera quality, I want the red camera or the Arri Alexa, the ones they shoot the movies in, and, um, you know, the best quality ever. I'm like, I think you maybe you want someone else because I'm not, that's not what I'm selling you. I'm not selling you the product. I'm selling you the result. I, I don't want, I don't, I think you have it backwards where you think the camera quality is the thing that's going to sell. And, and it's not. Yeah. I mean, just an iPhone can do just as much as, as a camera. Or, right, yeah. right. Yeah. You've talked a bit about, you know, just, manipulating the audience or just making the audience feel a certain way about what they're seeing what's kind of the key to to connecting with the audience on that level that you can kind of control their emotions um without giving away too many secrets (laughs) we're trying to get all the secrets yeah right um one of the things we like to do is uh have someone that you relate to uh, someone that you could follow through with the story and you feel like, hey, that's me. That mm-hmm. could be me. And, oh, that is me and I'm having these problems. I need to, I need to solve it. Yeah. So having someone there, that's one of my um, little things when I'm writing scripts is as having someone that you can relate to. It's not always the case. A lot of people don't, you know, don't use that. 
but I like to use it. Um, another way that you can manipulate the audience is by certain camera angles that you use. Um, a lot of it's psychological of how you, you know, you place the camera, how you move the camera, how you make the camera, make the hero feel or look. Um, and the biggest part of it is the sound. That's the, that's the biggest part. A lot of people don't think that sound is very important. And I see a lot of videos out there on Instagram that don't flat out, don't even have sound design, Mm -hmm. but the sound is the way you manipulate the audience. We're more receptive to hearing than visual. Hmm. We'll, we'll, if we see something scary, we'll, we'll hesitate, we'll run, but if we hear it, we'll definitely run. If you don't believe David, just uh, put the mute on the, on the TV and see how long you pay attention. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. With your scientific background, do you have any more into like why we react to sound more than than visual? Because like off the top of my head, I would think that visual. visual would be you know the main thing. Yes, um, it has to do with um, just back then when we were um, more primal, more um, mm-hmm. visual. You could easily the eye is so flawed. Um, you could easily mistake something for, you, you know, we have two um, optic nerves in our eyes that are, are, are uh, blind spots. We have so much stuff. And our audible, we, we can definitely, we know for sure we can trust that. We know that there's something there, how close, how far our, yeah. our, our ears can sense, you know, it's almost like that other type of sense. Because there's, there's six senses, but each one has its qualities to it. Mm-hmm. So we learn to trust our ears more than our eyes. Hmm. Because there's so many optical illusions that we just fall short on. And right, right. That's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you corrected me earlier, but I called you a videographer, and you mentioned that you are a film director. Yeah. What would you say kind of the main difference is between the two? A uh, videographer is, they could also be called DPs, cinematograph- uh, directors of cinematography, uh-huh. or um, uh, cinematographers. Uh, they are director of photography, sorry. And um, they basically control how the image is going to look. Um, I have some DPs that, you know, they're really good with a the camera. They know how shots they want to look. But yeah. the director controls the overall feel from beginning to end. Gotcha. How the script is going to, what's it going to say and how is it going to feel and how is it going to impact the people. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, cool. A lot of our listeners are small businesses and, uh, you know, you're one of our listeners. <laughs> yes. And, uh, Talk to us about the client engagement process. If uh, somebody's interested in, in creating a short film to promote their business, uh, what does that look like? Um, so recently, and we're just updating our website right now, so everything's going to be more automated, easier for everyone you know trying to reach us. But so far, you you know, you message me, you say, hey, I want a video done. I ask you, okay, great. Uh, let me send you a form over that kind of goes over. Um, your problem that you want to solve for the audience. So I kind of, you know, kind of teach them a little bit of how uh, you should sell. And then they have their goal, their expectation for the video, so that when they get the video and it doesn't perform as they wanted to, they could look back at their goal and say, hey, this is what we were targeting. You wanted more followers, not leads, you know, that we have it in writing. And then uh, just notes what they want. Um, then we get together. I, um, well, after that, I come to come, come up with the story for them. And then we get together, we see if they like it or not. I explain to them every detail of why we're doing this and that. And um, the right before, actually right before we get together, I ask for a down payment just so we know that we can schedule it and I can pay for anything that we 
might need for the shoot. And then uh, the second payment is done after you receive the proof of the video and you like it. And we just send us the income, the money and we get you the final product. Cool. So many different businesses and brands have different styles. And with that, they, you know, connect or lean towards different sorts of, of style when it comes to video. So what what's your style? Like, what do you try to do with your video that makes you stand out and be unique among so many other uh, film companies in the mm-hmm. area? Well, mine are more, like I said, detail-oriented. Everything, every shot, everything that we try to do, and it can't be perfect, but it, it has a purpose. Um, whether that be like uh, trying to cover up a, a little mistake that we had during pre-production they're like oh i didn't like how we had this shot here but i said if we move it here it's not going to make sense because we weren't able to capture you know what we wanted here Mm -hmm. so everything has its purpose um we like to have our videos and just me personally i'm not talking about the company i like my videos a little more um emotional driven and and um uh almost like tear jerking like i don't know i like i like that like if I could see a tear from one of my from the viewers, I'm like <laughs> yes. Um, but we do also outsource, and we are having um, partners like affiliate creatives with uh-huh. us. So if you do like a certain style, more airy, more like wedding type, like blown out, you know, we have a videographer just for you. Or you want a more uh, stylistic sports thing, we have that for you too. And we provide a lot of uh, graphic. Um, motion graphics in your videos and a lot of stuff it's not just like a video and then just footage of you it's like it's very engaging that's the style do you have a favorite video that you've done that you can think of off the top of your head if i'm going to be honest i'm very sentimental so i have one of my first short films and that's my favorite that's cool. it has my son in it it has my my wife's grandma in it my brother-in-law and my and the whole story is revolved around my dad about how he it's called the storyteller and he um he talks about how uh his shortcomings in life and how he was abandoned as a child he you know his mom died at early age his father left him in mexico and he was uh 13 or so i don't want to i hope i didn't mess that up but (laughs) he's uh he was young in his teens trying to provide for himself yeah he could have easily fallen into drugs and selling drugs and doing that stuff in mexico but he kept going to school he he, you know he wanted to prove something to everyone who said um you can't and eventually he was able to come back come here on his own you know and uh the the short film basically talks about how uh your scars are are um are badges of honor on you uh scars of your life and what's beautiful about that short film is that um, in Japan, I think it's called Kensuki. It, when a pottery or something breaks, what they do, they don't throw it away. They, they fix it with uh, gold and mm. they fix it. And so in the short film, my son is playing the younger version of my dad. He, uh, his, his mom dies in the film. And then you start seeing like little golden cracks happen on my son. And then he grows old, and then you see my dad as an older man. He has so many golden like cracks on him, and he's just successful, you know. So they'll wear them as a badge of honor. Those scars. I just learned about kintsugi on Saturday. That's so <laughs> crazy. It, it fascinated me. It's it, beautiful. It comes back from 15th century Japan, and I just love the mindset. It's the, it's the mindset that you mentioned earlier several times about failure and being broken and. And they would take this potter and it was okay that it was broken. It was okay that it was broken. And they took the gold dust and they made it. And it's 
Like it's the most valuable potter you can find now because you know they take something that's broken and uh, and, and yeah, if just, you're if yeah. you're able to if you're able to if you're broken if you feel feel broken and you're able to pick yourself up and and fix yourself, I promise you, you're going to be more valuable than anyone else. Yeah. Promise. What would your advice be to someone who maybe hasn't been able to have a positive relationship with failure? Like, what's what's a step you can take towards being more okay with with failures? It's kind of not fair to ask me because I, you know, I was I was uh, cradled by you're failure. Born with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, just 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 try it. Don't don't stop seeing stuff as duality. Stop. Don't you know? Just as easy as it is to flip the coin. That's how easy it is to to see the good and the bad of of things and and if you are in a if you feel like you're in a failure position just look at what you're learning from like what look and and i would definitely recommend writing down each time you failed and how that's improved yourself Hmm. and keep a list and see how many times that's done and and after a while you're probably gonna see hey dang failure is my best friend like yeah i have a whole notebook full of all this stuff i've learned yeah i love that Growth, learning, improvement only happens when we're working on the edge of our capacity. And when you're working on the edge of your capacity, you're going to fall. You're going to fail. Uh, and that's easier to say than to believe and Actually. do and act. But you just gave us a really cool practical tool. Uh, and so I encourage all our listeners to do what David just suggested to Write down your failures. Write down those failures. Write down the lessons learned. What what have been the benefits that you've personally received? And start to gain a new relationship with failure. See failure uh, as... as your I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to butcher the Japanese uh, art, ceramic art. Say it again. Kintsuki. Kintsuki. Yeah, be the Kintsuki. Yes. And I'd be willing to bet that anyone that feels like a failure, if you start writing those things down you'll see so many you'll have so many insights on how that's improved your life and and brought you to where you are in life and made you a better person because of it ultimately so yeah it's super cool actionable thing that we can all all do exactly absolutely tell us a bit about the future what's what's the plan moving forward for you and for moneta design yeah so with moneta design we have uh upcoming a membership so i know that it's really hard for it's really complicated for business to reach out to a videography company and like, oh, I want to schedule this and that. Yeah. And we noticed that a lot of them just need the same type of content for their business, whether it be on social media or their website or just promos. Mm-hmm. So we're going to make it easy for everyone and they can just pay a monthly fee to get all their content done for the month, every month, and never worry about, oh, how, how should I reach out? Who should I reach out? If you like our service, you just have us there and we have... Uh, creatives there that will if you like a certain style we have them there for you and and just hassle free i guess yeah that's a really cool concept because being a small business owner you always need content created you always need that content to post but it kind of gets pushed to the back because it doesn't it's so necessary but it doesn't feel as necessary as like the day-to-day operations and getting that taken care of so it's always something that gets pushed to the back and gets procrastinated so having that on autopilot and being able to automate that and know that you always have content yeah. that's going to be created that's a huge bonus for businesses yes definitely and um we're making it easier because we're we have i think we're building our website through wix and wix also offers an app for our website so really that, yeah and huh. um so the members can just download the wix app schedule it on there and it's all you don't have to log into it you have to what um, <clears throat> type in monetadesign.com yeah. just go onto the app and schedule us there you go that's super cool 
Okay, well, David, we have uh, definitely learned a lot having you on today and really enjoyed learning about the business. Is there anything we missed or any last you know piece of advice you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, I think that's it. I hope a lot of people got a lot of value out of that. And um, yeah, just don't take these words lightly. Really, really try to do, you know, if, if someone's where you want to be, don't be afraid to emulate that until if it's working, try it. Yeah, yeah. One more thing I did want to ask you. Um, you talked, going back to the beginning, your your friend from UPS who kind of gave you some tips, advice, or told you about some books to read. Is there one particular book or one particular you know guru or entrepreneur that you feel like you really resonated with or that you learned a lot from that's really kind of helped shape you? The eye-opener for me was Robert Kiyosaki because he explains it so simply and, and it's like reading a child's book. Like it, It's... It's so crazy because it's simple, but you would have never thought it was that simple. Yeah. You always think like, oh, how do I get there? But it's just a mind shift. So I guess if anyone really doesn't understand it, just start reading Robert Kiyosaki's books. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's, uh, yep. It gets us all started. <laughs> I love yeah. it. That's, that's the start right there. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, uh, before we close up here, we have a little game that we're going to play with you. Okay. Um, so how it's going to go is we have a list of 20 questions that we're going to ask you and you have a minute to answer as many of them as possible. So we'll see how you stack up against, I'm uh, not prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> nobody is, nobody is. That's, that's the fun of it. So I will pull up the clock here in three, two, one. Your dream vacation. Uh, Hawaii. First thing you'd buy if you won a million dollars. Um, properties in my hometown. Your favorite hobby? Filmmaking. Uh, if there was an Olympic competition for everyday activities, what activity would you have a good chance at winning a medal in? Directing videos. <laughs> <laughs> a song you've been jamming to lately? Um, I don't remember what it's called. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> uh, if you lived to be 100, would you rather have the mind or the body of your prime self? The body. Your favorite holiday? Uh, Christmas. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Um, cheesecake. Favorite fictional character? Uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, Ang. Favorite smell? My wife. What's your nickname? I would go by many, but just, I, I guess Ricky. Uh, pet peeve? Loss of potential. Oh, there we go. <laughs> pet peeve, lost potential, you say? Yeah. So just seeing people that have yes. so much to offer and, and not doing anything. Yeah. Can be frustrating. Awesome. Well, uh, David, thanks again so much for coming on. I know you had um, a little special offer for our listeners. Do you mind kind of sharing what that is? So the giveaway that I'm, I'll be doing is a Moneta, Moneta hat. So it's a special edition. Not a lot of people get them um, with our logo on the front, kind of like a dad hat. And, um, and three professional headshots. Cool. Awesome. Well, love it. Once again, thanks for coming on and uh, sharing your story with us, David. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Cool. It's been fun. Awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll catch you all next week. All right. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Just a few things before we go. First off, if you or someone you know is an entrepreneur in the East Valley, we'd love to have you on the show. Please get in touch with us by emailing us at localhustlerspodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at localhustlerspodcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for the latest news and updates. 
Also, if you enjoyed the show, please take a few seconds to rate and review and hit that subscribe button. It lets us know how we're doing and helps us grow so we can reach more locals, entrepreneurs, and help small businesses grow. Thanks, guys.